Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Now, part two of my special interview with General Michael Flynn. We get into China. What is China trying to do by infiltrating Hollywood and education and government? What exactly is the end goal? And why are they pushing fentanyl across the southern border? Part two now with General Michael Flynn. Uh, go to generalflynn.com right now. Get this book, The Citizen's Guide to the Fifth Generation Warfare, to Fifth Generation Warfare. Uh, and he explains exactly what that is. Also, there's a letter to to America. Uh, yeah, let's show the book. Yep. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, yeah. At the end of the day, you, you've got to get back to what it is that made us so great. And, and the fact is, we've got people who are pushing yeah. really, really hard to suggest that America isn't great, that America somehow it was, was based on horrible things. Listen, our history had some bumps and it had some bruises, but we, better than any country in history, have made those things right, and we've made a more collective, free country than anybody ever expected. Now we know that we're under assault by every end. One of the big entities that's assaulting us is China. China, through apps on our phones, is tracking everything people do. They've got databases on everybody you can think of in this country. They're infiltrating our schools through Confucius Institutes. They're buying land, General, next to uh, to, uh, military bases. All the time, our Department of Defense is trying to get more woke and to say, if a female happens to have male genitalia, you can't have a problem showering with them in the military. That just came out a couple of days ago. So how bad is the influence on China, and how much are they loving what they're watching happening with this administration? Yeah, so this I, I think that this administration, through a variety of, of uh, people, personalities, and, uh, and previous relationships, are... are <laughs> They're, they're happy to have the distraction of uh, Ukraine and Russia so they don't have to have uh, the, the and they have to deal with the real problem, the number, the, you know, numero uno problem, the highest priority problem that we have, which is the rise of the uh, Communist Party of China. Right. You know, I, I mean, it is it is that dire. Uh, and the Chinese absolutely um, benefit from from all of the things that you just talked about, you know, and people have to understand that, you know, and I, and I, I always say this, that, that, that post-World War II, uh, you know, we, we actually helped China. We defeated Japan, right? We defeated Japan. We defeated the Nazis over, over in Europe. We defeated the, you know, Imperial Japan in, in the Pacific. And uh, we basically helped China get reestablished as a, as a nation uh, th- at that period of time. Now, so now we've had we've had the rise of China and, you know, and there's a lot of history here with uh, particularly people that were my predecessors from starting with Henry Kissinger in the National Security Advisor position, cutting deals and bringing China in as though we were going to create, you know, we we're going to turn China into a, a democracy. One of the things that I want people to understand is that the Chinese and they have been like this for a long time. It's, a, you know, easily 100 years when you start to think about when many of the early leaders of the Chinese Communist Party would go to uh, Moscow, this is, prior to, this is prior to World War II even, they would go to uh, Russia to train uh, to be communists. I mean, they, they, would learn, they would learn different elements of the Bolshevik Revolution and different, different aspects of how to, how to be activists and, and how to, how to you know, change, change philosophies and, and, and just basically how to be good communists. And, and so that's, it, goes, it goes way, way back. Because what I want, one of the things I want to do, spend some time on, are the different institutions in our country that the Chinese have control over. And and you mentioned a couple, but but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'd like to kind of tick off a few of them. Please. But the, but the strategic the strategic view 
the sort of the 60,000 foot view of where we are is that we, we are competing, the United States of America, uh, we, we are competing with our ideology of democracy and a constitutional republic and capitalism with a, a large, large body of this communist ideology. And that communist ideology comes out of the likes of China, comes out of the likes of, of Russia and other countries that align with particularly China. China is the dominant player on the world stage when it comes to the communist ideology and how, and how um, it will be promulgated around the world. The other thing that the Chinese have really smartly done in the last certainly 30 years, if not the last 50, but definitely in the last 30, and, and I would say since uh, uh, easily, and I can almost pinpoint it to 2008 timeframe, but I'll give it, I'll give them just till maybe 2010. Okay. So what the Chinese have done is they have expanded. The, China was always this, you know, stay at home, in, you know, insular type of, of uh, society and country. Don't go outside of their contiguous waters. Right. You know, there's always been debates about fishing uh, rights and such. Uh, but but the Chinese would only go outside in their in the greater periphery of China. But really, since about the mid 90s and definitely in the last uh, 15 years, we have seen this this massive shift of the Chinese becoming more power players on the global stage. Is there a reason so, for that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's a reason. And the reason is, you know, and it comes down to really three commodities, three commodities being food, water and energy yes. for one point six billion people. And to also impose themselves in between alliances that the United States of America has around the world. Right. So the, the, the United States of America has a whole set of alliances around the world where we've been engaged with trade and and we've been, you know, we've been, uh, you know, helping develop underdeveloped countries. We've been helping develop the third world places like Africa. We really were strong in, in Europe for a long, long time post post World War II. Uh, we, we have had a, a really strong footprint in in uh, the Asian Pacific theater. Right. Our you know, our relationships with India are generally not bad, of course, with Japan, uh, South Korea, Australia. So the the Chinese have been working very diligently in, in a disciplined way to impose uh, uh, means, you know, uh, uh, capabilities and and actions in between those alliances between the United States and whoever else we were dealing with. And they've done that through a series of things. They've done that through uh, forced emigration, meaning meaning letting people come out, get out of their country. But those people, they're not coming over here for peaceful means. They're not coming over here to to like, you know, like some Mexican farmer, you know, that comes over to to pick tomatoes or or cotton and then goes back home and sends some money back home the way it, the way that sort of system has always worked in our country. We're talking about sending large body, large numbers of people over here for specific purposes. And it's to it's purposes to get involved in in uh, in criminal activities, in organized crime and all the kinds of problems that we have on our streets. So let's talk about institutions. Let's talk about the first one being the financial institution, because I, I want to talk financial. I want to talk uh, the academic institution. I okay. want to talk about our own our own government and the infiltration. And, 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 of even, our own and even Hollywood, right? Hollywood is a big part of it, and and because uh, because and, that's the messaging. So, yeah. So the filmmaking industry and and how the Chinese, you know, 
the, 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 one of the best things that we still have is innovation and creativity here in this country right. uh, because, because of the, the freedoms that we enjoy. But what the Chinese, the, the, what the Chinese did do is they got deeply involved in, um, in Hollywood. And Hollywood made a move, and I forget exactly how many years ago, but they made a move out to uh, Atlanta, Georgia. And there's a big, big footprint, a Hollywood footprint in Atlanta, Georgia. Well, right. lo and behold, you have two Chinese consulates in Georgia. And, you know, we can, we can talk about, uh, uh, we, we, and we should talk about elections and election integrity and election security when it comes to uh, foreign intervention. So okay. let's talk the financial, financial institutions, first of all. So when you talk about the, the um, you know, something that is about to transpire, we are going to see a, a major transition of the financial system of the world here uh, this year. And uh, and and I think I think we're already sort of past the point of no return with the with the advent of something called Executive Order one four zero six seven, which which essentially is the advent of of a central bank digital currency, and uh, and it's it was signed last March. It's already been put into effect as of the last month of December, and there's already uh, some some testing going on. But what it does is it is it essentially grabs hold of the current Chinese system where you will be told, you know, eventually what you can do with your money. Uh, If we move, and it looks like we're going to move to some type of central bank digital system, digital currency, and when we do, you know, you're going to be, you're going to have some type of identification system. And and there are some, there are some, I mean, leading experts on this, leading experts on this that that talk about this being uh, placed and I'm, I'm, I'm touching my, my hand, something, some type of digital system being placed under your skin, right, or tattooed on your skin. But, but, but the way they're talking about it is something placed under your skin, and that's how you're going to operate. So the Chinese have already started to impose this, and they've had it for a while. It doesn't, make, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that it works, and it damn sure can bet on you that it takes away your freedom. No, it, 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 it absolutely tells the government you can do anything you want, take any of my money anytime you want, find me however you want. But but when it comes to just our basic freedoms here and the Constitution right. still exists, General, they can't put something under my skin, just like they couldn't jab me with these stupid you know vaccines. So right. how, how do they get us to comply? Well, that's going to be the interesting thing. So, you know, if they... If they come out of uh, out of uh, the G20 summit, which they just did, okay, they, they just had the G20 summit uh, in, down in Bali, Bali, Indonesia, and one of the things that they voted on was a uh, a, a global vaccination ID card. Okay, so what does that mean? Does that mean that wow. that now I I have to carry around a vaccine card and I so I can't travel out of my state or I can't travel out of the country or I can't travel around unless I'm fully vaccinated? And what does that mean? What does fully vaccinated mean? Does that right. mean that I I get every single shot for, for you know, COVID or Omicron or whatever the whatever the alphabet soup of the day is. That's number one. The second thing is there's something called a carbon footprint, a carbon footprint, yeah. and the, and the, a, a component of that or a, a major part of that is something called the ESG score. It's environmental, social, and governmental score, and they're already imposing this on on uh, on um, companies. So corporations, you know, if you have a good ESG score. And you get a pat on the back, and you're going to probably get some government contracts. You're going to get. You're, you're not going to have the Department of Justice coming after you. You're not going. To, you know. You're going to be left alone because you're basically part of the woke corporate world. 
But if you don't have any, a good ESG score, it, mean, it probably means that you're manufacturing here in the United States of America. You're not following the federal government's, uh, you know, Im imposed regulations that are that make no, no sense at all. And you're trying to make a, a dollar, you know, legitimately, legally, but you're doing it without having to spend money on, on you know, environmental concerns and social concerns that, you know, that you, you hire who you want to hire. You hire the best people, not somebody because of the color of their skin. Right. You know, I mean, that's the whole thing. So the, and then the government, do you adhere to government regulations, you know, in a really, you know, in a sort of a high fashion? These are all things that we are taking these ideas, right? We're taking these ideas from communist countries. We're taking what the Chinese are doing. And, and we have people, you know, from the World Economic Forum, and they're going to have a meeting here on the 15th of January, so in another week and a half. And they're going to come out of that. They're going to, the, the World Economic Forum is going to pat themselves on the back. And then they're going to, because they have already started, they're going to start touting China and how good China is and how good the system you know, that China has created. And, and you know, but they're not going to talk about, you know, uh, uh, organ harvesting or the enslavement of their of population. Right. None of that. So the financial system in our country this year is going to go through a transition. And that's why this vote that we talked about in, uh, you know, that, that uh, on one, on, you know, on an earlier show we yeah. talked about is very, very important because if, if, these are our representatives that are going to help us not comply. Yeah. So number two, academics. Let's talk academics. So the Chinese government, okay, the Chinese government has been sending uh, students to the United States of America, uh, uh, colleges and universities for uh, undergraduate and graduate degrees easily for two and a half decades. But let's just let's just start back in 2000. Since since approximately 2000. They've been sending numbers of students that range from about 200,000 to about 500,000 a year mm. into our colleges and universities, into our undergraduate and graduate programs. And for a long time, they were only sending them for one year. And of course, they'd come back the next year, but they'd have to go back. So we, we only gave them one year visas. We only authorized one year visas. John Kerry, as Secretary of State, he, he turned it into a two year visa, and that brought in other problems. But the, the principal uh, things that they've been doing in the academic institutions, in these academic institutions, and they're all high end. They're all the top, you know, the, right. the quote unquote top schools. But when somebody says I'm a graduate of Harvard or Yale, I am so unimpressed. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, come on. I'm with you. you know, or yeah. I don't care what, you know, it's like, I want to know what you're doing. What, what are you capable of doing? And I've met more people with no college degrees, with even not, not even high school degrees that I would follow. You know, I'd follow to the gates of hell to, to fight anybody. So, um, but we have, so let's just, let's just take an average of 300,000 uh, students a year. They are taking principally the STEM courses, science, technology, engineering, and math, right? Yeah. And they take those skills that they learn from our institutions and they take them back to China. They're not, they're not investing their intellect here in America. And but and we're doing it. And, and frankly, you know what, Pax? The dirty little secret is we're paying for it. We're paying for it. We're paying for these people to come over here to basically steal us blind in our academic institutions. Because guess what they're able to do from our academic institutions? They are able to get internships in labs, right? Oh, yeah. In labs that make that make uh, viruses. Right. They're able to get uh, uh, internships, and they're able to study. 
in, uh, in some of these areas where our defense uh, systems are being designed and built and where people are coming in for, for uh, you know, degrees and such. I mean, so there, there's so many things that they are able to benefit second, third, fourth order consequences, not just them, not just some Chinese kid coming over to get a degree in, in uh, mathematics or engineering, but they're actually, they're, they're actually putting them into places. And, and when John Kerry allowed, allowed the Chinese students to be able to stay a second year, now you had to find jobs for them, right? So where do you get the jobs? Well, you get the jobs in the academic institutions. You can go get internships in government. You can go get internships in, uh, in uh, uh, corporations and in companies, right? And all these companies are opening them up going, oh, let's, hope, you know, let's all play nice because maybe they'll see the goodness of America and become Democrats. No, the Chinese government has got their families, you know, by the, by the you know what. So if something, so if, the, if the kid, you know, claims asylum, his family is going to die. I mean, this is the kind of mentality that exists in the Chinese Communist Party. And the people in the Chinese Communist Party, the leadership, they know exactly what I'm talking about. And I guarantee this will be watched by this show because they know uh, they know that uh, I'm out there talking about them because this is the reality of what we face. That's it for part two of my special interview with General Michael Flynn, part three to come. We're back after this in the Joe Pag Show. This is the Joe Pag Show. Hi, great to have you. Always wonderful to have General Flynn on. General Michael Flynn, as that interview was happening, it looks like he was restored on Twitter. So he's at Jen Flynn on Twitter if you want to go follow him there. Much more content from that interview will be posted up on Rumble tonight. I'll get you the links uh, on all the social media tonight as we do that. Uh, Really, really great information when it comes to China and other stuff that's going on. Make sure you go check it out. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Much more to come. Stay here. This is The Joe Pags Show.